This is the Tactical Leader Podcast, where we're on a journey of self-mastery and true leadership. I believe that in order to lead others, you must first be able to lead yourself. And in order to lead yourself, you have to first know yourself. If you want to learn the tactics to get to know yourself, to lead yourself, and to lead others, stay tuned to hear from industry experts as I unpack the tactics that they've used to build their business, build culture, and lead others. So welcome to, I believe it's our third battle bruise here. It's at least the second, it might be the third, I can't remember. Third, thank you Dave for that. It is solely on me that we're here. And the reason being is, so we were doing battle bruise OTP at another location. I won't mention that location. Traffic sucked. It was right off 285. Parking was horrendous. I mean, it was like, as far as outside the venue, it was horrendous. And one day, Nate and I were over here doing some videos. And I didn't realize that this place had opened yet. I'd actually been here like two months earlier and hadn't opened yet a few months earlier. And so I'm like, we got to go check that out. And we came in and Amy Noel was working behind the counter and she gave us a lowdown. If you go to my LinkedIn, Jason Fleeman, you'll see that I posted a video that we did that day. And Amy Noel schooled me on all the stuff beer-wise that these guys did. So we want to give a, a early start, round of applause for Six Fizz Tavern. And Amy, you want to speak for just a minute? We always love it when you speak. So this should be fun. Oh. We have bourbon yet? We do not have bourbon. The more Brian asks me, the longer it will be until we have bourbon. So part of the reason that I invited, well, I, I didn't invite Brian. I put Brian on the list of people for Battle Brews to invite is because of the work that he does with Milton First Responders Foundation. Also, him and his wife are just amazing. They're really involved in the local community. My husband and I have been really lucky to get to know them. So I put him on the list and said, hey, first responder vets, you know, they're local business owners. This is a no-brainer. And so really glad that he's here. If you haven't had a chance to meet his wife, you should do that too. Thank you. So community being a key word there. So that was a big piece when I came in and I was talking to Amy Noel. She talked a lot about communities. And last month's speaker was community as well. The coffee place, boarding pass, sorry. I want to say broadcast, something goes wrong. Boarding pass coffee, and they actually put that coffee in one of their beers. They don't put Brian on the beer, they just let him drink it. They're very awkward. <laughs> so, but anyway, so again, my name is Jason Fleeman. The sponsor of this event, we've got Atlanta, so we're going to have more come up in a little bit, talk a little bit about Atlanta. We've got ATL vets. I also want to point out Social Pro Video. He's doing our video and all kind of stuff for the day. The battle brew, and then we're going to have Casey Sullivan with Curating Confidence. So she's a confidence coach, and she's a fashionista, and so she always is the, the best put together person in the room. So we want to make sure that she was the one doing the the hosting instead of me. So and then we also have Ryan Dolan, who again he does a lot for the community. You'll hear a lot more of the story here in a minute. But again, he does a lot of volunteer work, essentially chairing the Milton first responders. So we need to support those people that support us. And that's exactly what he's done. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to KC and let you guys come up with it. Thank you, Jensen. Thank you to our lovely hosts here. And thank you to all of you. I know that we all have a million things going on. So I appreciate you spending your time with us today. Any first responders and or veterans in the room? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest focuses for Battle Brews in general is finding ways to bring community together to collaborate with the veterans and the first responders and those of people as we integrate with other small businesses and our communities in general. So I just really want to say thank you for everybody that has served in either first responders space or veteran space. Thank you. Thank you. You allow us to do this. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I have the privilege of representing the Milton community on behalf of the First Responders Foundation. I get to enjoy the privilege of working with these first responders 
like thank them every day to be amazed every time I go to a police precinct or I go to a fire department house. I don't thank you, me, right? Because they see what this community, and I'm just a representative of this local community to them, and the outpouring of support that we have in this community, and also work a lot with Alpharetta, is massive. So I can only thank all our residents and community members here. They love our first responders. They love our military. Without you, we are nothing. So thank you very much for everything you're doing. Thank you for everything you I did want to actually say one quick thing. In honor of Women in History Month, I had the privilege of actually attending an outing at Atlanta Country Club today, this morning. And shout out to my wife. Who is a dynamo, and she's also part of the team. She's not here now, but she was recognized by the Georgia North Fulton Chamber of Commerce as the top performer in Small Business Award on leadership. So, shout out to my lovely wife, Laura Dolan. She's out with a couple of friends of mine at a couple of different bars right now, but she's just an absolute dynamo. So, probably part of this engagement down the line because there's a lot to understand from her and what she's going to do and drive the community and actually got me motivated in my life. To connect better with community. So without her, they may not be doing this. Thank you. So love it. So, Brian, this is about to get really serious. Hey, anybody been to any of these battle brews before? Familiar? Okay. So, Zach usually hosts these and he tends to find other bald bearded men. So, he has a teammate. And sorry if Zach listens to the replay, you're out of number today. <laughs> You've got Two people with fabulous hair. Yes, I can only admire it from afar. Okay, I used to have it. So, I had the opportunity to meet with you last week, chat with you. I highly recommend it. Grab some lunch, beverage. I don't know, great human. Obviously, his wife did as well. But something that I learned was 35 years of executive experience building exceptional teams, mostly in the IT and telecommunication space. And then I met your wife tonight, and I thought there was no way 35 years is real. She's way too young. But I, I would love for you to kind of sound on that experience in that space, how leadership has affected you, how you have affected teams with that, because now you go and educate others on how to build exceptional teams. Yeah, no, it's talked to a few of you already tonight. It's been quite a journey. Life is a journey. I was a very fortunate person. When I think about my early days of my career, and if we had the live stream, I think my dad would be here and would know I was not the best student at all, but I could out hustle, I would outwork, right? And I'll outthrive. Right. So I was fortunate enough. I was actually a bartender. I was about 18, 19 years old. Not actually doing so well, wasn't actually going to college. I won't find a way to live in a community college, but then I got an opportunity to join MCI. Does anybody remember MCI? Very few. You have to be like 50 or something close to 50 and older. But it was an organization right, that allowed me to get entry point into a burgeoning business, which was technology. It was a bust up of the Bell operating companies, the huge monopoly across the United States, and they were supporting competition. And I was going to be on the forefront of doing that. So it just was a progression of my I started in residential customer service, right? Through that, but also being with an organization and leadership that saw opportunity, wanted to thrive and grow and train and develop. So, I'm very fortunate to be part of an organization that saw that vision and its potential and its employee base. To which I accelerated my growth and this was all in New York, I moved down to New York City, got access to a whole new set of leadership, you know, that I really looked up to, saw the opportunity, took on multiple jobs and opportunities from technology, from marketing, sales, reading. I wanted to do it all. And guess what? They allowed me to do it all to see the opportunity for growth. And starting through that process of gaining more opportunities and accessing more people, learning how to train and develop others, right? And as my career just you know, went on and on, further to the telecommunications space, I got access to really some tremendous talent, to be perfectly honest. So, and one thing I'm, I'm really struggling with today, and what really helped my career thrive, was mentors. If there's something you could be doing and thinking about, is being a mentor. Or if you need a mentor, but these are the people that saw opportunity in me. I didn't have a Harvard degree or anything close to that, but they saw my skill, my capability, and they put me in positions to thrive and succeed, or potentially fail. And failing is okay too, but to learning from them. So as they continue to you know, move through that process, I've just been so fortunate to get access to these leaders. And really what catered to me and what I love is servant leadership. This is really serving others in your business. Something that's 
vastly overlooked, but it really drives organizations to thrive. And that's true, again, I've been through different leaders that have operated their businesses in different ways. It's carrot and stick, or maybe it's mainly stick, not a carrot. But really looking up to leaders in an organization that cultivated people, make them thrive, giving them opportunity. And that is your conservative leadership. And you'd be amazed when you let people to be empowered to do their jobs, trust them to do their jobs. They blossom, they grow, and you will have one hell of an outstanding growth organization on your hands. I love it. And you speak it with so much conviction, which only tells me how much you believe it, believe it. So as a leader who's gone in to train multiple groups, multiple teams, and now you train other leaders to build world-class teams, what would you say is the number one skill, or maybe the top two, can't narrow it down, that is most important in leadership and why? Yeah, I, th- I think it's really being an effective communicator, really being to understand what the mission and the vision is. Can you communicate that effectively to people? Where are we now and where are we going? And what is your specific role in an organization that's going to allow us to exceed that goal, achieve and exceed that goal? So those are really effective tools in your toolkit that you need to be an effective communicator, but also a great listener. This is huge. And I... I maybe you know, had some challenges in my career because I, I so much enjoyed being with my employee base. Probably one of the toughest things I ever had to deal with was COVID and not being with my employee base. My energy, my light source is my employee base, right? So covering your employees, understanding who they are, what they do, what makes them tick, what makes, what drives their energy to make them successful, to understand that. As a leader, you're taking that time to care about them and you're willing to make a difference for them. That is why people want to come to the organization. That's why people want to stay in the organization. Go! Okay, so I always look at and why through 35 years of my career, I have relationships with anyone and Dick I've been a part of. I have deep relations to this day because of the impact I made or they made on me for me and my career or my own personal development. Because that's what we're talking about. It is your personal development. Are you going to be thrive in an organization, make a lot of money potentially, see the next managerial opportunity? I'm going to be the next up and coming. Where's my next era parent? As a leader, you need to be thinking about that. And oh, by the way, they're right in front of you. You develop them. Have you shown them the path? Have you shown them the way? Allow them to execute. Trust that they will execute. But hold accountability. Because guess what? We make mistakes. We fail. A true leader doesn't try an employee, but actually use that as an example for growth. Why this happened? What can we do to remedy this? Because I'm investing in you to see success. You know what? Sometimes it doesn't work. I prided myself on trust, honesty, and forthrightness and transparency. If this was not going to work, you're going to have to sit down with me. You're going to understand why it doesn't work. But I'm going to find you an area of opportunity because of our knowledge and growth together. If this isn't the right place, we're going to find the right place. Could be still within the organization, organization, or somebody within my network. But these are just things that we need to do as leaders and just being good humans and good stewards of our business and our people. So I love that you talk about being a good communicator. And I think it's something in terms of the culture we struggle with right now. But to be a good communicator, you have to listen. And often, I think we think of communication as talking and what it is saying to people. And so I really love the point that you brought up. To be a good communicator, you actually have to be a good listener also. So I, I really appreciate that. Part of Building these teams, going in and working with probably some of the best of the best, is there a skill that you think is lacking the most that you see? That's something that as a whole, we could be working on with our employees or our you know, even our families, like think from a leadership role, like how are you training and educating your kids to be a leader in grow? What would you say would be the lack of a skill that we could like overlook the most that we could work on? Yeah, I think I use this word a lot, even my own personal life, when I'm talking to others, talking to responders, or anybody, employees, but having a sense of curiosity. I want people to have a sense of curiosity. There is no bad question. The only bad question is the one that's ever asked, right? How many of us have been in meetings like, you know, this cat's talking about, but, you know, I got a question. I got an issue here I want to raise. And sometimes we just don't raise our hand. 
So sometimes having that curiosity, having that boldness, put yourself maybe in a couple situations to ask that key question. I guarantee you, somebody else in that room has a similar question. They need an answer. They are looking for a solution. So it's always fostering a level of curiosity that I afford in my organization. Any of my employees say, why do we do it this way? Right? What's the benefit if we don't do it this way? What's the benefit if we do do it this way? Well, why do the things that you're doing benefit me or don't benefit? So just allowing people an entry to the window to what's actually taking place, to also letting them know they can affect the change in the organization. They are a critical portion of this wheel that's going around. And without them continually working through that, having a level of curiosity, keep hacking and changing and challenging, we're never going to get better. So you've got to introduce the book for the people in your organization to really think and deeply look at the organization and have a sense of curiosity for what's next. That's a lot of fun, by the way. What's next? Where can I go with? So being that I work in the confidence space, I'm curious what you see, what drives some of those weaknesses? Does the lack of confidence in itself or in team affect some of those things? Do you see any of that overlap in how people show up in the organizations or you know, for themselves? Yeah, I, I think some of the challenge is, you know, are they giving that opportunity? Like so many times during organizations, especially now when COVID, everyone got so remote, right? You're now at a Zoom call, you're a Teams call, and the disenfranchisement that's taken place from that perspective has, I think, been absolutely palpable. And again, I said I thrive on people, but I, I kind of then pivot back to this mentorship, right? Piece that I think is really lacking right now because of what we've gone through COVID. And I look at my career. And I, I kind of use a story that allowed me to be one of the to see things in a whole new light. And it was, it was a, from a time where I was in my career, I worked for level three communications, I had a great boss, Carl Strohmeyer. But I went to, I was in a not so good place in my life, right? I'll get to leadership up in all this. My marriage was a little bit on the rocks, real wonky. My career was kind of in kind of a disrepair. I was kind of floundering around. I knew I wasn't delivering the goods like I know I could deliver it. So I had my boss, a leader, top leader in the organization, come to me, sit me down. And I'm thinking, Carl had a, he's a brand guy out of there. Oh man, I said, I know I'm not doing well. So this could, this could be it. Take me out. I love Carl. Hey, Carl loves me too. We're cool. But sat me there. So Brian, here's what I'm observing. There's something going wrong. I'm here to help. There's two things that I'm looking at right now that's going to potentially happen to you. The way you're operating the operating, operating organization today, number one, you're running alongside your organization. You're not running and being in front leading your organization. You're frenetic. You're like a duck. You're a little calm that's on the water, but oh my God, on the water, it's all bananas. And you're exhausted. And guess what? You're not getting the result you want in the organization. So here are two things we're thinking about. Brian. One, you're going to have a heart attack and die because you're just working to the match and you're stressed out and then I think it's right. Or two, I'm going to fire you guys. Okay. Shot through the gallery. Step back and he says, my brother, I love you. I'm here to help you. I am here to help you. He gets tossed me aside. There's somebody right behind me that could have taken my job. He took the time to recognize who I was, what I was capable of. Knew the pain I was in, not only from a business perspective, but also from a personal perspective. And that leader took the time to say, how can I help you? Say those words to anybody in the organization. Who's going to say that? Anybody. You see something in me that you can help me? Bring it on. You become someone in my life that made critical decisions to which still a mentor to me. I allowed him to, when after 30 years in telecommunications, I called him up with another opportunity to go into IT consulting around the Microsoft space with people I kind of knew. I called him up personally to say, I got off of this opportunity. It's with Jeff Tench, whom he knows. I said, Carl, what should I do? I'm not a risk taker. I've never really been a corporate risk taker, right? Make a good money, okay? But all the smiling. So he said, Brian, Take the job. You're going to be signing up and working with a leader that I think is the smartest person I have ever met. I was driving from Alabama back to Atlanta, dropped my ass here in Atlanta, 
follow my business. Did I make a decision? I'm moving on to another opportunity. To which became the most financially successful thing for me and my family. And I can't thank Carl enough to see what he did almost 10 years ago. How can I help you? How can I help you? He took that time, saw something me, stayed in creative relations with me, bonded relationship with me. We came up on two ways to allow me to develop an opportunity in my career that I could have missed. But fortunately, I didn't. I took his advice because he saw something in me, see something in other one course. Phenomenal. I have lived under the last several years idea that find a mentor, work alongside with somebody and place with you and mentor somebody else. And I, I think that's huge. Take the time to seek mentorship, take the time to mentor others and our community to grow. So I think that's phenomenal. Thank you. So I want to shift gears a little bit here because we talked a lot about your corporate background and what makes you a phenomenal leader and training other leaders. But now you're in a whole different space. What was that pivotal moment where you're having all this financial success? You're doing these amazing things in this space with Microsoft. And what was the shift for you to now you're sharing a nonprofit, essentially? No, no, great question. Yeah, so one thing you also need to realize is, is life is the balance, right? Those things, marriage and all things going on in your life. But it's a balance of work and community. And really what I found myself some years ago is sitting, you know, really looking at my career and actually having a conversation with somebody saying, you know, gee, boy, you seem to want to work a lot. And they said, well, when you hit the pearly gates, what's the epitaph on your tombstone? You want to be able to look at this guy, what a hell of an employee. That would kind of suck. So, so, but it was just it was kind of a nonsense little comment, but kind of funny. But I really took a step back and I said, you know, I'm really not connected to my community. I'm so devoted to work, driven that way, but I don't give back to my community. So I'm, I'm actually disconnected in that portion of my life. And here's my wife doing immense, massive things and cystic fibrosis foundation, we're part of all these great things, but I was actually kind of a bystander. No, I wasn't engaged. I'd go to the events, have my cocktails, talk a few things with a few people, have some fun. But I really wasn't helping. I was a bystander. So this really afforded opportunity for another person in my life, another called mentor. It was Ron Wallace. If any of you know Ron Wallace, he's a former executive UPS president. Lives here in the city of Milton. You know, does a lot of bones old blind dogs right down the road. I'm forced to become friends with him. And he too, after his career at UPS, was a first responder for the city of Alpharetta. So he said, hey, I know what you're doing in business, Brian. I hear you maybe look for some community connection. Well, I got an opportunity for you. I need you to help fix something. Here we go. Talk about the Milton First Responders Foundation. An organization that started a number of years ago, kind of went to funds, got me. I think one guy's here. You're going to be talking to that, so thank you. So his organization started up, kind of fell into disarray, and we were kind of getting it rehydrated and needed new leadership because I think you're going to be the great person for this to run the response better. I kind of said, well, great, that's directly from the community. By the way, my dad is a retired NYPD police officer in the South Bronx, or grew up in the Bronx, go Yankees, go Yankees, right? Wow. I guess not. I'm in the wrong town for that kind of thing. All right, Philip Bronx Flower, man. Sorry, sorry. But this to me to step back to not only do for my community, but also to give tip of the cap and homage to that. I never became a police officer. Not that he forced me into it or wanted me to be a police officer, but he showed me what he has done in the community of the South Bronx, but also spent about close to 15 years running the police athletically for all the five boroughs of New York City. No easy feat. So it's getting kids off the street in impoverished neighborhoods, giving them a place to do their homework, sports, activities, right? Generate fundraising to get more of these centers built to get kids off the street in these underprivileged neighborhoods. So I got to witness that firsthand. He take us out of the Bronx when we had, we actually got a little dice in the Bronx, we had to move a little further north, but he take us down and we do games. I'd be basketball, I'd run in basketball stores at, at, in the South Bronx Youth Center. We're seeing a different life, a culture, and the people that are needing support, they deserve just as much as anybody else. My dad showed them the way. 
to which many people that come with this sort of program went into the NFL, NBA, MLB. I could see them as youngsters and they didn't ultimately became stars in these sports, all because someone said, I've got a place that would care for you and give you a leg up and give you an opportunity. So that's how, for me, I saw this in the great symbiotic relationship of me to get connected to the community, bring what my dad brought to me growing up, and that discipline, that focus on what he's done in the community, and wrap it all together, and then to make an impact, a positive impact, and our local first responders has been absolutely, absolutely a privilege for me. It's quite a full circle, really, right? But so cool because if you recognize the fact that our first responders are often mentors that don't want the recognition for it, right? They're often the people that take the brunt of everything just in, in the role that they are in. And yet people are looking at them, watching them, and utilizing them as mentors, whether they're engaged or not. And it happens the same for all of us in our communities and how we're showing up. It's the idea of being aware of the power of mentorship and stepping into that space and really owning it's super cool. Yeah. So how do you feel like your skills, and I ask this question because a lot of times I see, and I think Lloyd might agree with me from the, the veteran community, they come out, and a lot of people I work with in transitional jobs or whatever it is, they come out of a career and they don't feel like they have transferable skills until like the next episode, right? So you went from corporate IT all stuff all the way into leading nonprofit first responder benefit. How would you say those transferable skills are for you? How do you recommend? It's almost identical, right? So it's it's the leadership, it's organization, it's making decisions on who's on your board and who's not on your board, making those proper decisions, having those honest conversations of why or why not. It's okay. We're gonna leave you still as friends. And typically, you're still going to be a volunteer, but maybe you're not the right board member. So it's finding the right talent on your board. And to be perfectly honest, you need doers, right? If you've ever been part of a, you know, uh, a charitable organization, a lot of people, yeah, I want to be part of that. I'm there to help. I want to be on your board. They don't show up. They don't show up when it matters sometimes. We're doing events around the city, speaking engagement. Got to go to the firehouse. We'll get the tent for a setup for the following day to be down at the, the, the green to do some events. Sometimes people just don't want to sign up for that. But this is not for you to just have a resume folder and put it on the cloud and your LinkedIn profile. You want yours. So it's really assessing and evaluating that talent, but also taking the time to not think that I've got the answers to what first responders need, but to go back and answer. speak with the chiefs. I've gotten very close with the mayor of Milton, city council members, right? What do they think? What's missing our organizations and our departments, right? Talk to the frontline first responders. How are things working? How are you satisfied? You like working here? You not like working here, right? Listening to them to then sort of accrue what sort of programs and initiatives that could benefit them, that ultimately also benefit our community, right? With those symbiotic relationships. And one of the things that I'm so most proud of, most recently, is putting together a program to address health and mental wellness. Huge issue. My dad was watching. I know my dad suffered through that. Right, coming back from Vietnam, jumping right into the police force in the South Bronx. You know, there was some not so good times, and he's the first one to admit it. You know that he went through. Thankfully, he too had a mentor that pulled him out of the ditch. He didn't have services, the counseling service. He didn't have that to deal with anxiety or things like that. He just suffered in silence. And God forbid, at that age or that time of you know, his career, showing weakness in the rank and file, bye-bye, bye-bye. So fortunately, he had something that pulled him out, saw him, the capabilities and what he could become, and pushed him in the right direction. Right? So full circle, seeing this opportunity and creating a partnership, not driven by the first time, creating a partnership and summit counseling. Well, we got to know the last number year plus and the goodness that they do in our communities. They do a lot of support for schools, different communities. They do a tremendous amount for John Street. And I get to, you'd be amazed the difference of the opinions now that are in first responder and leadership. It is now, raise your hand if you're having a problem that is coming from the chief of police. It's coming from the chief of fire. It's coming from city leadership. It's okay. If you're struggling, we want to know. 
right? So we have this counseling service purpose built. So we're supplying free counseling services in partnership with MFRF and Summit Counseling to every first responder at Milton and their immediate family members. Free. I just presented this to some of the board. I said, I want a commitment as long as I'm staying here that our first responder and their immediate family members never have to take the counseling services. What a huge thing. Guess what? It's being taken advantage of, which is great to see. It's not weakness, it's strength and growth. Yeah. Super proud of that. We pull that mission together and great benefits and strides. And going back to leadership qualities, I do see this as a retention, our organization's retention and attraction tool. So guess what? Not every organization, not every city or county, sadly, doesn't have something like this. So come to Milton. Be your first responder in Milton. You got to take care of it. Okay. They allow me to wear my heels. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, I think you touched on some really key points there, and I think this is a great segue. I would really love for you to kind of expound upon what is Milton's First Responder Foundation and why is it so important that this community is aware of it? No, great point. Sometimes you don't get this message out often enough, but our main remit as an organization is to be there for our first responders and their families in their time of crisis to need. God forbid, and I can honestly I may say this, God forbid they're hurt or killed in the line of duty. That's our main responsibility to the foundation to support those families when they're needed most to get into that transition. So financially, we know that becomes a big burden in a situation like that, because we're there to support them through that time. But we supply other capabilities, right? If they're not getting supplied specific training and or apparatus from the city of Milton, I'm not faulting city of Milton, it may not be in the budget site, but they may need something now or they see a need. They can put the organization for a grant request. Right, which we review as a board almost within 24 hours and deliver a response in about 28 hours. So they're going to know quickly if they've got us to do the funding to support that and go procure said training and or equipment. And we supply, we support the Alive at 25 program. Have anybody, anybody got a speeding ticket or maybe a little accident thunder bender around here? It, there are quite a few people going through the program, I gotta say. But this is a program that allows citizens of Milton or even Alpharetta that we support from MFRF. That if you do get to a traffic infraction or a flight accident, but you may be getting points on your license or insurance bump or issue there, you can go through this program to get charges reduced by the judge, points if you talk to license potentially, and also reduced cost of the ticket, right? So it's a slight program. So that's a, another thing. Huge positive, and we just got some great accolades from some of the fire department of PD. We do continue education grants. So, as a foundation, once a year, we provide multiple individuals in fire and police. And if they're looking for continuing education for their own career development and personal growth and development, we'll actually support them with financial grants or scholarships. Right. Next, we're working on fun thing. We're talking about rehydrating the canine unit. Right. Cairo's been gone for a while. If you never look at Cairo, one hell of a German shepherd bite your arm off. But Sunset and Cairo, we've been without canine unit for a time. And now we're actually getting behind you know, Milton PD to actually go purchase the dog, get the dog trained, get the dog properly outfitted, a nice little NFL patch on the side of the dog. And also we've got an identified officer that ultimately becomes its family member. Right? This is not, you know, people don't realize canines don't just get passed to officers because they're like a cute dog. It actually is dedicated to a police officer, and that is their commitment to that dog. It is now part of their family member. And the symbiotic relationship has to be there. When they call that financial bite, get ready. That dog bite. So just a few examples of something that we're doing that just actually made a difference in their life, in the community. That's exciting. That's exciting. And I know you continue to look for opportunities because it all goes back to communicating and connecting, which is what you're doing. You're talking to the people in charge. You're talking to the people in need and facilitating what needs to what happen. What needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can we solve that problem? And also make sure, is it a city-related matter? Versus more of a community-related matter that we can affect that change. And maybe it's a complication of both. But that's why I also have the great connections and leadership connections within the city of Milton, city council, mayor, et cetera, et cetera. So let them also know, why does it matter? Sometimes it may not help. It may just get a request from the chief that we need this thing. I may be able to look, maybe add a little more color to context because I'm down in the front line talking with men and ladies on the front line. So now that you are on the like, front line of getting funding, whether that be from donations or grants, getting volunteers, those kind of things, 
you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. You knew what it was like to be a good citizen, but you were kind of a bystander in it. I saw your wife doing it, but you should not. And I think myself, I can only speak for myself, but I think a lot of people are, we get busy in our lives, right? We get busy in our lives. Maybe our dollars don't stretch as far as we want. So we don't get involved in the things. We don't donate to the things. What is something, but I think education on that is super important. And educating our little ones that these things are important, getting them active in the community. What would you say would be something that we can take home to, you know, share with our friends, share with the people around us, share with our circle, our family, whatever that is, to, to stress the importance of how can we show them to be a help if we're busy, if we, our budgets aren't big enough, like, what are those things? Yeah, great question. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly what you're going to get. Being involved, getting involved. Sometimes it's the hardest starting point. Where do I start? Where do I go? Right? Is this, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. But let me tell you, the, the relationships I've been able to foster and develop, I would never have if I had not gotten involved in non charitable work, right? Nonprofit work. You get called upon by other like when Amy Noel, he knows what you do, gets involved in other things, right? So that is to me is the relationships you get out of it that actually lead you to other opportunities. And that's what you need to understand because. You're giving, people see that you're giving. People may want to look at you and say, if you need some help, you want an opportunity, I've got areas of opportunity for you, opportunities for growth. It's just by creating a network, creating connections, and then you're benefiting the community. Oh, by the way, yeah, you're all the way with a paycheck, but I'm telling you, I feel real damn good. And honestly, I prefer that many times over actually a paycheck because you're making an impact. You're seeing that smile on the face. You made a difference. You're getting an email saying, Without you, I cannot have got to school. You've got our backs. We've been feeling down alone. PD, this community, we got your back. Just say things. So for me, the funny to just get back to the organization, notwithstanding the deep network and relationship. I mean, so this started with MFOF, right? Now, fortunately, it's similar to our about April last year. I'm now part of Family First Villages, which is we're trying to build local community for a challenge on adults, right? Why? Because I have skills in organizing a foundation and a board and trying to figure out what solutions to the problem we need to bring to bear and how we have the right board members to go do that with, but also to create partnership in the community that actually are supporting these areas just in the same way that may need an extra accelerant or we need an accelerant partnership to have, right? We've been involved with Cystic Fibrosis Foundation for 15 years. Mainly due to personal relationship, my wife and I have experience from folks we knew up in New York and lost a daughter to CF. We got involved. We wanted to make a damn difference. So guess what? In my lifetime, in our lifetime, I guarantee you we're going to have a cure for cystic fibrosis. The longevity of lives for children, when I first started this, could barely make it to 25. They're now living into their 40s and 50s and going on and on. Through the advances we made, which I tapped and other drugs and worked with partnership with other drug firms that actually gave a shit about helping out because there's not a lot of money in Seattle. There's not a tremendous amount of money, but they saw an opportunity to make an impact themselves, created that partnership or make it a massive experience. Right? We're now involved with ALS. Good buddy of mine, John Driscoll Hopkins, the Zach Brown band. You may have seen it. It's been out there on the press quite a bit. We were fortunate up through all the other things my wife and I do to get him as a friend. He saw what we do and he goes, I want to help you. I run concerts down on the green. Next one's coming up April 22nd, by the way. So come on down. I got enough giveaways in. But he saw that he was, I want to perform at your concert to support the first time. Now we've become close friends, family together. He is now been diagnosed with ALS. Guess what? That's what me and one my wife said. We're up for the fight for ALS. We're on the committee. We're supporting. We're going to raise money. We're going to knock the crap out of this disease. There's not enough that's been done. And let's try to make a damn difference. Right? And support that family. Because I'm telling you, Grace, hope, and faith are the doors. That's a good start to get us to go find a cure. Really rally the spot to go find a cure for this disease. But these are the things, if you're sitting on the sidelines, you can't make an impact. Step in, lean in to whatever. The starting place. And it may not be the right fit for now, but I guarantee you down the line, something will come to life. And you'll get a connection to somebody else that says, hey, I know what you've done over there. I need you over here. Out and becomes, they tell two friends and so on, like great commercial, right? And it becomes a person of life that you're giving to yourself, and your family gets to see that, and kids get to see that. They're not immune to getting involved either. 
right? We just had, you know, I brought a colleague up for our sister part of event at Marist Bank Empathy. 1,500 people showed up. You know, but she gets to then volunteer at these events and make a contribution support just like we do. But we're setting the right example. Uh, something you're passionate about, then not. <laughs> so before we jump into any like Q&A, if anybody has any follow-up questions for us, tell this beautiful room how they specifically can help you right now. What they ask, whether well, getting involved physically or donating like yeah, look, I mean, anything we're involved in, specifically really around the Network Smiles Foundation, always looking for donations. For a nonprofit organization, nobody draws salary for all Milton volunteers at the board. We have extension of different volunteers out there. So if you're looking to volunteer, have, you know, get engaged, at least learn about the organization, come on up. Let me know if you're interested. Happy to do that. If you want to do a donation for Smiles Foundation, happy to do that. It goes to so many great causes that just fall out and many more to come. If you want to go to the concert, sports come out to the concert. Got information right here. Come on out, have a good time. I got a Duff Club band's gonna come out there, rock the house. Got old blind dogs gonna be there doing bar service. We got Spice Strike that's gonna be doing the food here for General Motion. Got Trey Luna, right? Another rest. These are all connections that we're making. If I sat in my house, have a nice cold one, watching you know, golf for the next game, I don't know these lovely people. I don't know you lovely people. And all these people around us too. How lucky am I? How lucky can you be? Just hiding in the Okay, so would you like to facilitate some QA if anybody has something they'd like to follow up or ask anything specific on? So I want to go ahead and preface this with whoever has the best question. Brian has brought a bottle of bourbon to donate to you guys. So nice ten year eagle rants. If you don't, if you don't ask any questions, guess who gets to take it home? <laughs> so before I throw it out to you guys, so correct me if I'm wrong. You're saying if I've got a speeding ticket in Milton, I can pay to have that down, go through a training program for a day or a partial part of a day, then you get signed up. If you can pass, if you can pass. Let's say I got you. Then we'll actually file that back to the judge, not me personally, but please the department runs that and they'll put some back to the judge. Did you actually get that directive from the judge in your speeding ticket if you take the class you need to point to So knowing that money goes to a good cause, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Can I write those can I write that shit up on taxes? <laughs> I, I want to get a speed ticket. We, we have a nice ride drop on tax. We have a nice financial advisor right now. So maybe there you go. Guy that's that's up. Up. I, and just, um, you know, and just don't go speeding. I got even speeding something here yet. I don't know. I haven't been pulled over yet. By the way, who else would rather get a speeding ticket in Milton than anywhere else? I mean, if I know I can get a speeding ticket in Milton and I go to a good cause versus having to pay a lot of money in Atlanta, I'm going to do that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just do the donation and you don't have all the other headings. Now, I want some fun in that, Nate. I appreciate that. So, also, you brought up, I love the word curiosity. So, I do a lot of volunteering with children, especially in reducing juvenile recidivism, and curiosity is, is wonderful with kids. Happens as we get older. Holy crap. So I agree. I can only call up because I suffered from it myself because I totally moved my career up. I was in larger meetings. I'm sitting across the table from you know, chief executive, you know, J.P. Morgan. Who the hell am I? You sit across the table from CEO J.P. Morgan, right? Shut your mouth. Don't screw it up. Be nice, right? But you got to be curious, right? Just in something as simple as, you know, how's the family? How many kids do you have in your family? Right? Well, I got salad, I got so and so. It, it diffuses a situation so quickly. And guess what? People love to talk about themselves. So, guess what? Your job is to get them to talk about themselves and just being curious and sharing stories. We all love stories. Share your story. Well, I'm taking one more step. I was, when I'm asking someone, Essentially, for something, I preface it with you can say no. I want to ask because you don't know what the answer is going to be until you ask it. So, and a lot of times they'll say, you know, I appreciate you saying that you can accept that or no. And I get no part of it. That's why I'm still single. But I'm both. Exactly. All right. So, curiosity being a big piece of this and a part of this. And again, you get a chance of this winning this surprise bourbon in here. What questions do we have out there that you guys have for Brian? Oh my gosh, oh, Amy's already going to ask one. Amy, I love a bourbon. What's the best question you ever asked, and what was the answer? 
Dang, I'm gonna think about that one for a while. She really wants that bourbon. Yeah, holy crap. We're gonna put that in the next beer that we're gonna do. Bourbon and beer. So many, I mean, looking back at so many years, right? So many, so many different circumstances. You can always pick one that Casey was asking. No, I see a lot of them ones. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of I go, you know, if I look back and you know, some of those critical points of my career, you know, do I even have a job problem? Right. You know, things like that. I mean, these are things that like, this is the people in my career. Or honestly, asking for the job, right? Being forthright, I really wanting to have a job, right? Do I have a job? Do I have the opportunity to go and proceed? So and I, again, I think part of this is getting questions, but also asking other questions, looking at those mentors, helping make some of the decisions in a thoughtful way. I don't feel like I'm alone in making a decision. And I'm getting some of somebody in my you know, ecosystem and mentor group that actually has experience that give me some sage advice and guidance. So again, as we always say, it's either the worst question one that I ask. So always ask the question, right? And again, you know, and you can say no, that's okay too. Giving people the opportunity, but it's giving people the opportunity to respond to the harassment. All right, who else? Tiger, you got something? Can you start from Casey knows that I don't drink. So, <laughs> so question. So, we talk a lot about getting involved, making impact. And I love that, right? You know, being so retired, getting involved, maybe a little bit easier, right? Since you don't have maybe a full time thing you're doing. What's kind of the advice for the group at different stages of life that we're in to be able to get involved, balance everything? How have you done that throughout your career? And what advice would you need to be there? Yeah, it's really not trying to overcommit yourself, right? Sometimes you may come into any situation or trying to join a nonprofit and say, I can do all these great things. But in reality, maybe you can't at that current time. So it's being honest and forthright, having a level of transparency. And what do you need now? Here's what I can actually give to you now. Here's why I think we'll give you more later, right? And also, it's okay. I think I'm going to evaluate the organization to make sure that it meets my standards of expectations of what we're actually accomplishing as an organization. Because again, you get told a nice story about a foundation, but you know, I talk about the 9-11 foundation and things like that. You want to set those things. There's a lot of organizations that are out there. Are they doing the right work? Is the money going to the right place? To make sure my time is going to be valued and I can give that amount of time back. So it's just really having a thoughtful conversation with the board. And then if it's not the right time at that point in time, I'm going to come back later. But it's just really just understanding where you are in your life cycle, what time you can commit, and be actually committed to doing that time. The one thing as a leader of an organization, when I have somebody committed to say, yes, I'm going to go do that, and they don't do that, I got to go do it. Yeah. It's a bad wonky culture in the foundation. And honestly, what's happened is you have the doers, and then you have some people that are the non-doers, potentially, and there becomes a level of dissatisfaction. Hey, Brian, why aren't you holding them more accountable? Why aren't they doing it? And now you're in a foundation, get what I've been paying, with the balance of discussion that you need to broach with people that you're not carrying your side above the load. And is there something wrong that we can remedy? Because I need to count on you. This team needs to count on you. And if you can't execute, then we need to make a different decision. But we can't underperform expectations time and time again. It's just a running an organization. You just got to hold them accountable, have the conversation, make the right decisions, right? And then ultimately, it can be the time that you can exit the organization. Yeah, it's definitely a team thing. Oh, I mean, you, you have to be all in on the team. I joke that there is actually an I in team. It's in the a hole. All right. Any other questions? All right, Renata, what you got? So, twelve months from now, where are you? What has happened? What do you feel? Who is with you? What's going on? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I look these last twelve months. I've been twelve months in center retires. You know, dug a little bit deeper into some other organizations that I'm you know lending my time to. Also, you know, evaluating where is that going to go? And new priorities have cropped up, like challenges for Hopkins and Hop having. Hop on a Cure Foundation, we had a chance to look that up. And, you know, can we commit more time to that? Which may mean I have to decrease time in other areas. And to be perfectly honest, I'm looking at other areas of opportunity. That if there's another technology opportunity that I can lend a benefit to, I can really help organizations if they're acquisition integration work, talent evaluation, what's the right thing for the organization, when to make these decisions. There's a lot of my career. So, Maybe some level of additional consultancy 
on the side because my wife said you gotta try to earn some more money on the side, but not that way. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. And also traveling. I'll be honest with you. I so this year alone, a year and a half, Iceland, Ireland, French Alps, Paris, Geneva, Sonoma County, Chicago. It's been all over. I'm probably missing a few, right? And some of these are actually adventure tours. We'll actually work with, with, with an organization called Mojo Tours, a woman-owned business here in the city of Milton. She's freaking phenomenal. They're curated tours that will test your physical strength and ability. But you're doing this in five, five-star class accommodations. So you're simply active, exhausted, but you're testing yourself. And you were actually going with other people. We go with six other couples. Right. And we boot each other on. We're like teammates. Right. Now we're like, now we're like, thinking, what's where's the next? Oh, it's chilly. We're going to go to. Oh, where's the next destination? We want to climb Kilimanjaro? Kilimanjaro? Are you freaking kidding me? We're actually having this conversation. It's rough. There are so many things that you can push yourself, stay out, stay out of your comfort zone. Trust me, I'm, it's not easy to get out of the comfort zone. So this is just another great opportunity to spend time with friends review opportunities, travel the world, learn through other cultures, what they value in life. Wow. That's been an eye-opener for me. We're a little crazy here in the United States. Fast, and furious, and it's money, it's job, it's citizen man. It's crazy. Breathe. They take time for each other. But their families, what matters most, that's closest to you. Take care of home homeless. So it's just been super privileged to just be able to do that. And I want to continue, continue more of that. And it's still fun. With that, Zach might want to stay out of town because Taylor just went like, oh, God, those are awesome ideas. I so want to do that. I was looking at her the whole time. She's like, oh, we're doing that one. Oh, we're doing that one. Kilimanjari, hell yeah, we're doing that. We're good to go. That's awesome. All right, who else? What else y'all got out there? Any questions out there? Yes, sir. Hey, Jay. Right. A little bit of cliche, but what, what would you tell yourself 30 years ago? What advice would you give your 20-year-old self that you should know way back in the way down? Simple. Be you. Be a good you. I look back in my career and some of the lack of confidence I had in my own ability, right? But I was comfortable with my own skin. It took a while to build up that confidence, right? Working with different leaders and mentors and you know, cutting my teeth on building the majority organization, failing in certain things, and how do I remedy that? But just be you, right? Be truly you. Because guess what? We love you, right? People love you just by being you, right? Be honest, be transparent, be forthright, be present, right? So if I had that, you know, just the core of my being, it's okay for me to say what I need to say at that point, point because I was just being me. Sometimes I just hold on to it. Just hold on to it. I had a shift of trust in myself and my thought process. What I'm thinking is going to be quality conversation, quality discussion, quality idea. Sometimes I just want to be true. Love well, that because that's where our limiting beliefs come from. Is when we're trying to be something that somebody else wants us to be, that's where limiting beliefs come from. Yeah. And I actually, here's the one thing I would say a pitfall to really avoid as I valued myself more to what others thought of me. Yikes. Yikes. That was not a good place to be. Put me in some really bad spot, right? Talk about my marriage, my career, right? That is a huge. Uh, so that's something you all need to be mindful of, right? Of course, correct that. All right. So we've got about either four or five people in the running for bourbon. Two more questions. Who else? This guy's like bourbon. I'll come up with something. What do you got? By the way, these questions that I ask, that gives me double. Triple the points. So I really, really appreciate that. I am. Yep, so, quick okay. so, side note. So, as part of doing things in community, I also, so who does have Angel's Envy Bourbon or Rye? Yes, you know what Angel's Envy Rye or Bourbon. Okay. So, through all this stuff that we do, I got to get introduced and become friends with Wes Henderson. The founder and owner of Angel's Envy Bourbon, which, oh, by the way, he's now sold Bacardi for all fortune. But he, too, former firefighter, gives back to the community. Another vision of light in Kentucky. But he comes down here from Kentucky 
and he travels the world talking bourbon. What a awesome car, by the way. Distilling and showing spirits. But he makes time and commitment to come back to this community time and time again. So again, you're getting access to the people you never think you would be able to get access to and learn from them. Understand, I think that's the business. Like, how did you even get started? Where did you survive? When I approached my dad for the seed money, he started eating with them. He said, throw your money in the toilet. And his dad was a master distiller for Jack Daniels. Uh, very successful brand, I might say. But again, these are the stories you get access to when you're engaged in community. And now they become friends for life. What could be better than that? All right. Dave, I know you, you you want that bourbon, but you gotta have a question, man. At least one question, Dave. Come on. What you got? I'm not really sure it's much of a question, but you brought up stewardship. And how being Jason and I talked about mentor being a mentor, but it's being a steward of the first responders. And you mentioned getting a dog for the yeah, canine unit, yeah, try to rehydrate that. So those dogs cost a lot of money. The specialty equipment that goes into the fire trucks, the ambulances. It costs a lot of money. Sure. So you're especially made for those machines. How are you going to go about raising funds? Or do you have to go to the city council? How do you go about doing those things, putting on events? How's that going to happen for you? Yeah, no, again, it's just a partnership you have to have in this community, right? So again, there's many a time. That's the fundraiser, our biggest fundraiser of the year against supporting Milton First Fund and Alpharetta Public Safety. We are cross-jurisdictional to support each other. But to your comment is, can we evaluate you know, any requests that come in? Because I feel we have to be solid, solid stewards of the money that's given to us. Because every dollar is donated by the citizens of Milton, the businesses of Milton, ill afford to further that away. So using that money to good use. And then when you're actually 501c3, some people will say, well, Brian, I want, I'm going to give you $2,000 and I want to go for this thing. I can't do that. 501c3, you cannot actually direct funds to a citizen thing of their life, you know, a citizen's life. But that's what I say, through a general fund that we populate through the citizen and the great small business. When those requests come through us from the city, or excuse me, from the department leadership, then those funds can be directed accordingly. But it's a general, still a general fund. Uh, so we actually are mindful of that. We say no a fair amount. We also have liaisons at the front line that actually do a double-click check as the validity of a grant request we're getting from any employee in PD or FD. So a little bit of checks and balances that we make sure that goes through. And ultimately be signed off on a chief, a police, or chief of fire to also hold accountability. That we'll all agree that this is the right thing that we're going to go to. So again, and then being close to them to figure out what is the next thing? We were just talking about one of the things I'm thinking through is financial planning. So you get a rookie that gets hired for $54,000, $56,000. I use the example all the time. Rookie goes out, gets a $68,000 Ford F-150. Wife's pissed, kids are pissed, right? What are you doing? So it's just having the right financial acumen and leadership and providing resources to allow them to focus on their families, what are the right investments to make, when should I make them? So providing another service it allows them to actually operate more effectively as a family or an individual in their own personal life performance and money management. Because guess what? We've all been in a situation, remember in New York, you could have scratched, I think at a 20 out of an ATM machine. I was not a good, good space guy, right? So being a better steward of your money, right? makes you a better person, your head's screwed on straighter. If any job you need your head screwed on straight, police officer in a firefighter. Any can we learn from the news? Just the other day, right? School shooting. That is a very nice community. We are living in a very nice community. You can pick up and replace anywhere. This can happen at any point in time. We need our first responders at the tip of the spear, moving and acting, and all of the other things go to the wayside. So minimizing distraction in the personal life makes it better to perform on the front line. Any other questions? All right. So while we let Brian think about who he's going to give the bourbon to, based on those questions, pressure is on Brian. Remember, I gave three or four questions. Casey gave three or four questions. That gives us a list of tickets in the bucket, so to speak. I know that Lloyd had to leave, but I didn't want to point out of Atlanta. So Atlanta is kind of like a charter club. They don't take any money whatsoever. And I know there's some Atlanta people here. They do stomachs every quarter. I know Zach's also on that board as well. So we went, and a lot of the, the first responders are vets. 
So it kind of goes hand in hand with a lot of stuff that, that Brian's doing. Also, we have ATL Vets. It's kind of a, a little bit of a take on ATL Atlanta versus Attack the Line. That's it's also a nonprofit exact night has started. And that's really kind of helping a lot of vets as far as kind of starting businesses and things of that nature. We want to find ways of supporting them as much as we can. But while while these guys, Brian especially, is thinking about who's going to burger chief, let's give Brian and Casey a, a big hand because he might be watching. Zach might be watching from where he's at. If y'all think that Casey should take on a role as asking the questions and host, okay, so Zach, if you're watching, you've just been replaced. Also, I do want to point out that he wanted to make sure that a all beauty was actually here. I think that was more directed at me than it was at anybody. <laughs> but also, I want to point out April 22nd, what is it, the Nashville Yacht Club? Yeah, Nashville Yacht Club band coming down from Nashville to entertain us right down here on the green. So if you've seen a little amphitheater down there, a whole lot of dogs across the street. We close that whole section off. We put up some tents. We have a VIP section. We've got general admission. We've got Spice Lakes doing some food down for us. We've got Trey Luna doing some food. Old Blind Dog doing the bar service. Tickets, $35 general admission, $120 for VIP. We can sponsorships as well. So there's different levels. I can give you that information as well. We get some more goodies associated with that. So I'm super excited about that. We've got a great production bank, production team that goes down there. We've got an LED wall putting up promotional information, showing off the logos, really showing off the band as well. So eight-piece band, horn section. You know, I know I'm a little bit older than some of us in this room, but you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, classic tunes. I think of it as like going in the car with my dad in the Skylar going down to Jersey Shore, you know? And those tunes depending to put you songs and certain smells, right? Put you in a place, in a really good place. And some of those songs, man, I've been in some real sick, sick spells. Sixty spells, yeah, you gotta be careful. I got some of that back. Okay, uh, yeah, that's one. That's a fifties and up thing, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so really been this kind of fun nostalgia part of my life for whatever reason, right? But people just they really they come and say, Brian, we'd love to come and say, we want to support our first fun club. We want to sing, we want to dance. While John just go happens, big fabulous work for several years. We're mixing it up a little bit. Have a little drink on. Spend some money at the silent auction. We're gonna raise some money for first responders. Sing, dance, have a blast, and you got to do some really good work, really good support for the best people on the planet, our first responders, and of course, our military. And I'll tell you, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know there's some crap apple people that are here. There's some people just came for tonight. Crap apple has just blown up in the last 12 to 18 months. It seems like every time I come down here, there's something new. And I've always loved crab apple. I've always just kind of come in with just that one little strip right there. So seeing so much of this growth. And you know, Six Bridges Tavern being here. So again, we want to thank them for letting us host our thing here tonight. But I mean, it's just a phenomenal area. I mean, I, I think there's technically a downtown Milton somewhere, but this is my downtown Milton. This is where you want to be. And keep an eye on this uh, area, folks. Is there going to be another 11-ish restaurants coming in here? Steak joints coming in here, sushi joints. So uh, we just opened up Eastern right across the street. Nest is phenomenal. Six Bridges Spice Life. I mean... I come here all the time, get the dead chicken sandwich. They go, like, we do realize we sell barbecue here, not just the chicken sandwich. Yes. But just for great people, get into the community. And I'd be remiss if I get to not thank you all for getting involved. Amy Noel, throw my name on the list. And just to be able to be here to support and recognize our responders, our best assets in the world, our military. We've got to do more, not being done enough at what you've done for this country. So we've got your back every day twice on sunday so you know we've got no bigger fan and champion than yours truly so you know let's connect on linkedin happy to help working out out anybody who's watching online happy to do the same thing providing guys mentorship right just you know kick around have a good time having to do that too thank you well that yeah that's definitely passion my mentorship i'm glad you brought that up also because i would be remiss if i didn't mention i think it's alumni cookie dough have you been in there yet? Oh my lord. <laughs> so the alumni cookie dough, that's one of my favorites. So if I come down here, it's like, okay, brisket cookie dough. And then I also check out the other places as well. All right. So but thank you guys. Have you kind of thought about who you want to give the bourbon to? Well, I gotta go with the person who stumped me. I learned not have to go home and think about that question because I'm going to ask it again. I don't want to look at total pain. She said he wants to keep it here for him. That's kind of funny. 
You might have just lost your everything, you know well. We lost some privileges. There you go. But thank you guys for coming. We appreciate it. Please hang out. Grab another beer from Six Bridge Tavern. If you haven't already ordered something, please order it. I know that Casey's got something she wants to throw out there because I stole the mic from her. So I'm going to pass it back to her. Okay. Hey, if this concert doesn't interest you or you're unavailable that day, they make great gifts. Buy tickets, give them to somebody else, donate, whatever it is. If you're limited by what it is, don't let that stop you. Get involved. Yeah. You got sign-on auction items from your business. So you want to, you know, for packing together, you can do a sign-on auction item. Anything and everything to raise a few dollars for our first responders. All goes for a great reason. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Tactical Leader Podcast. If this episode helped you along your journey of self-mastery and has inspired you to do more, I challenge you to head over to myvoicechallenge.com so you can find out how you can discover your voice, claim your independence, and build that thriving business that you've always wanted. Again, that's myvoicechallenge.com.